I just want to thank Raider Nation for everything. Um, so honored, so humbled, so um, excited to be part of Raider Nation for a few more years. You know, hopefully we get some wins along the way. I started this journey, you know, three years ago, not knowing what was going to happen and not knowing where I was going to be. And so I'm so excited I got to play one year in Oakland and then move to Vegas with the Raiders. And um, it really just been surreal and a dream come true. And thank you for allowing me to live out my dream. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, here's your boy, Q. That was Raiders wide receiver Hunter Renfro when he was checking his app for his uh, in his bank account, and he saw that $21 million guaranteed deposited in. He said, thank you, Raider Nation. I'll take that. No, it was Hunter Renfro. He was signing his uh, contract extension right there. Uh, that was uh, that audio was courtesy of the Raiders website, Raiders.com. We definitely appreciate them for that. Kicking off hour number three of Unnecessary Roughness, we're going to take a look at offensive line and offensive line uh, tiers. And this is according to Pro Football Focus's Mike Renner. And Mike joins us now on the phone line. And, Mike, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate you kind of, uh, you know, being flexible with us. And before we get into how you had this, the Raiders slotted, how did you come up with these tiers? Like, what was the criteria that went into this piece that you put out? A very good piece, by the way, on Pro Football Focus. So it was based only off of starters, and it was based off of grading history, but then also for young guys basically projecting out some sort of growth. You know, a, a, we have a lot of data here that suggests developmental curves and how they work for younger players. And obviously there's no end-all, be-all, there's no one fit, but projecting those out, using that uh, standard developmental curve to project guys like, you know, Alex Leatherwood on the Raiders and younger guys around the NFL. So that's how I ultimately came up with the Raiders being, you know, the last tier among these offensive line, unfortunately. Right. No, yeah, they were tier six. That's called problematic. And one of the big keys in it was Alex Leatherwood. But what stood out to me was the fact that you said he was kicked inside the guard and he's not a guard. He's a tackle. He should be the Raiders right tackle. And I've been telling anyone that'll listen to me that they should probably just keep him in, inside at the guard position and get the most they can out of him. But why? Why? what do you see in Alex that makes you you know, feel that way and adamant about he's a tackle? Because he has the movement skills, the feet, the ability to play in space that you look for in tackle. Like, like that's why he was a right tackle and a left tackle at Alabama and why, uh, you know, he stuck there and why they drafted him in the first round ultimately. Uh, you don't draft a guy that highly, or I don't think you do, uh, a guard uh, in the top 20 unless you know that's a surefire slam dunk home run guard. You don't take a project like Alex Leatherwood probably was billed as by a lot of people. I, I don't, I'm not sure, necessarily sure how the Raiders saw him, but I think me, myself, a lot of people in the NFL media saw him as a bit of a project coming out. So it was always going to take a while. But that's why I think he's probably best suited at tackles because the things you can't teach about the tackle position, the things that like everyone's looking for, he does well. But it is easier to hide a liability, probably why they kicked him inside a guard last year on the interior. Talking right now with Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Well, what, as far as Alex Leatherwood goes and what he did last season, I mean, again, like you mentioned, you know, started out at tackle, kicked inside the guard, but he played all season long. How much do you think him just getting those reps under his belt is going to help him moving forward? I think it's invaluable at the NFL level to be on a football field playing and seeing what the competition level looks like, the speed of the game, that sort of thing, because you can simulate and practice all you want, but until – you get that game speed. It's just different. And I don't care what competition you're playing. I don't care if you are playing Alabama and are playing the best of the best in collegiate football. It's still nothing like the power, the athleticism, and the sort of explosiveness and the technicians you're going to see at the NFL level. So 
We saw it from Colt Miller, year one. You know, mm-hmm. his rookie season was not good. Objectively, he took his lump. And then year two, year three, year four, every single year got better from there. So I think that's the way you develop offensive linemen, if you can, obviously, if you can afford to do so. But I do think getting that experience over a thousand snaps invaluable thing. What do you think and what does your colleagues think of new Raiders offensive line coach Carmen Brasillo? He's a guy who hasn't been a full-time offensive line coach for a really long time. In New England, they had co-offensive line coaches uh, after Starnecchia. So what are, your, what are your thoughts on him? I think anytime you're associated with New England offensive line development, it's a good thing. <laughs> you know, I, I do think that uh, Josh McDaniels would not have taken this job, would not have gone to Las Vegas if he didn't believe in what he could do to transform this offensive line. It's probably not going to happen overnight. But I, I do think that, like I said, anytime uh, you're associated with what New England's done with probably the best developmental powerhouse at the offensive line position over the past two decades um, in the NFL that it's probably a good thing, probably an upgrade. Talking again with Michael Renner here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920, and Michael's from Pro Football Focus, did a piece on offensive lines and gave them tiers, and the Raiders came in at tier six. They were ranked number 29. Only the the Bears, the Seahawks, and uh, who else? The Bears, Seahawks, and there was one. Oh, yeah, the Steelers were, were worse than the Raiders. But to your credit, Michael, you said that they could work their way out of that number six hole, that tier six hole. What do they have to do? How can they, how, how, how can they get out of that six-tier range? Yeah, because kind of the draft strategy, like even lumping Colton Miller into this, of the previous regime was projects along the offensive line. Guys like Brandon Parker, guys like John Simpson, and like I said, even Alex Leatherwood were not going to be NFL-ready sort of offensive linemen. They weren't clear-cut technicians. It was always going to be a rocky road for them developmentally. So they all, though, possess the got drafted by them because they possess high-end tools for their respective positions. They could be the guys that make Pro Bowls, the guys that make all pros physically is what they look like coming out. So it comes back to development. I mean, they are all young guys, you know, rookie contract guys that they take big steps forward this year. They are uh, going to jump up a few tiers. And obviously it's going to take some massive steps after we've seen from them in their careers, but it's very possible. We've seen it with a lot of offensive linemen. Like I said, there's no one set developmental curve, especially if you're bringing a new offensive line coach. So I do think there's reason for optimism, but why they're in that six tiers because after Colton Miller, there's not one guy you could point to and be like, we feel good you know, about him as a starter. That, that He's going to hold his own no matter the matchup. That they get a mismatch, any of the four other guys could be a problem issue for them. Yeah, no, and that's that's facts right there. I mean, I, I've been saying for the longest that I know Colton Miller is going to be a left tackle. Everyone after that is is you know they're going to have to earn that spot, right? I mean, they're they're all the rest of the spots are up for grab. How about the third round pick out of Memphis, Dylan Parham? Uh, he's a guy that could play guard. He's a guy who could play center. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? You have him slotted in as your projected starters at the right guard spot. Yes, I do think he ends up ultimately winning the job. Part of that's obviously my evaluation of him coming out of Memphis. That was super high out of it, and it represents a little different type of player than what they've gone for in the past. I said they're developmental guys. I think even coming from a small school, I think you can expect a little tighter sort of learning curve from a guy like Parham because he was damn good at Memphis, and he played tackle, and he played guard. He played multiple positions and excelled at all of them, and I get the level of competition, but I saw him go toe-to-toe with Logan Hall. The second rounder went to the Bucks. You know, defensive mm-hmm. tackle shut him down like no one else did. I mean, he handled him in that matchup. And anytime 
to see guys going up against other future NFLers and holding their own, and not just holding their own, winning like he did, you feel really good about that. So I do think he ultimately wins one of those starting five jobs. No, that makes sense. And in, in the left guard position, you have Denzel Good slotted in, and he's a guy who he tore his ACL last year in week one. But before that, anywhere that they put him on the offensive line, he excelled. So uh, how, how big would that be if he comes back 100% healthy and is able to hold down that left guard spot? Yeah, I just think health, obviously, always going to be massive. And him being a veteran, at least giving you a standard of play. Maybe he's not you know, a high-end quality starter by any means, but just giving you a level of competency that, like I said last year, we didn't see from Alex Weather, we didn't see from Brandon Parker. So he at least can bring that to the table. So that's, that will be massive for them. And health, obviously, like I said, for any offensive line is massive. Right. No, it is. And, and again, the Raiders have a lot of weapons, man. We've been talking about it quite a bit here on the show that they have so many weapons. Uh, we think that they can do a lot of great things offensively, but they've got to be able to have solid offensive line play. So if if they are around the 29 range where you have them slotted in right now, how do you think that, you know, uh, Josh McDaniels could kind of scheme them up and, and just really still excel and still play at a high level, even though the offensive line play is not great? And, and my example is looking at what Cincinnati did last year when Joe Burrow got sacked a, a franchise record 51 times but they still ended up in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I do think Derek Carr is tailor-made for Josh McDaniels' offense, what the Patriots have ran over the years. And if you think about what that is, the ethos of it, it's quick passing. It is, you know, Tom Brady got you know, all this hate for being a dink-and-dunk type of quarterback, and that's all he was, and obviously that's overblown. But that is a lot of the offense. A lot of the offense is timing, ball out of the hand quickly to where it doesn't really matter a lot of the plays, what your offensive line is doing. Tom Brady went to Super Bowls with some pretty shoddy offensive lines, you know, some pretty banged-up offensive lines because of that. So I do think that's going to help a lot when you have three guys in Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, and Devontae Adams that can get open at a moment's notice. That's going to help your offensive line alleviate some pressure off of them. And I think they also, in New England, use a lot of two tight end stuff to take pressure off of their tackles, too, because obviously when you have tight ends getting that chip, getting that little rub on defensive ends, they can't get that full head of steam. So I think all those things mixed together, they could still run a high-level offense with this offensive line, but there will be issues, you know, comeback situations when teams know you're passing. That's probably when we're going to see it really show up. Yeah, no, they pin their ears back and try to get after the quarterback. No doubt about that. You mentioned Hunter Renfro. He just signed his contract on Friday, got a couple years uh, added to his his current contract, got a nice little bump in pay. Uh, how big of a factor do you think he could be in a Josh McDaniels-led offense? I think it's going to be massive kind of force multiplication with Devontae Adams and him. Because think about Devontae Adams in Green Bay. It was just him. And everyone knew it was him. And he still got open. But now, you know, you're putting all your attention on Devontae Adams. You're putting the safety on the top. Whatever. Hunter Renfro will get open one-on-one at will. You know, having that guy that can do that. And, you know, in the red zone last year, he was the guy drawing the attention. Hunter Renfro was the guy getting the eyes from opposing defenses. Now that's not going to be the case. So good luck trying to, you know, stick with him on those option routes that he lives in uh, in the red zone and that the Patriots offense is built to run. And that's why they got him that contract right now. Cause I think after this season, he would have commanded a lot more on the open market. I agree. I agree. Especially with the money that the wide receivers are getting these days. I was actually surprised that that was the, the, you know, the language and the, and the money that he received. I thought that was a pretty reasonable deal. Uh, good for him, but also really good for the team. Mike, final question for you. According to your piece, uh, tier four was at least one good tackle. And the only question I had was we've talked about Colton Miller. He's a good tackle. Uh, the Raiders didn't make the cut in, in four, but they do have that one good tackle. What are your thoughts on that? 
they do have that one good tackle, but those other off of the lines had like other good players. So it was like one good tackle and then maybe like two or three other solid pieces. Gotcha. This was, you know, the Raiders who were in the one good tackle, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> so unfortunately that's why they are. No, nah, that's okay. That's okay. As you mentioned, you know, they can work their way out of it. They're just a, a work in progress, and, and that's that's fine. With the weapons that they have and Josh McDaniels leading the charge, I do believe they're going to find a way to make things happen. Well, good stuff. Like I said, man, your 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 piece was really good. I enjoy reading what Pro Football Focus puts out, what you guys put out, and, and, and the tiering of the offensive line I thought was really good. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? I'm just going through, actually, next year's draft, 2023 wow. class, position rankings this week. And next week, going through all of that, getting the draft board set kind of as a, as a watch list. You're never going to use this draft board come you know, next April, but it's fun to see who are the guys that you should be looking for next year. And it's quarterback heavy. A lot of quarterbacks coming out, so that'll be a fun one. Yeah, that will. That'll make, a, that'll make a lot of teams interested. And we found out today, we found out the dates already. I mean, everyone's looking forward to, to next year. Matter of fact, the draft is April 27th through 29th in Kansas City next year. So there you go. You go ahead and get that draft board together, my man. I appreciate you making some time. Good stuff, and we'll talk soon. For sure. Thanks so much for having me on. No Great. doubt about it. There he goes. That's uh, Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus. You can find him on Twitter at PFF underscore Mike. And that's why I like to have guys on to talk about the pieces that they put out. Because sometimes you read it, you don't know the explanation. Like I said, you know, one good tackle was Tier 4. The Raiders have that. But as he mentioned, there's question marks the rest of the way. That's why they're in Tier 6. They're young. They could develop. Everybody we've had on, every single analyst, whether Raider Nation thinks that they're hating on the Raiders or not, every analyst has said what Alex Leatherwood did his rookie year, regardless if it was good or bad, getting that play, getting that experience, getting that time on the grass under his belt is invaluable. You cannot measure how important that was for him to get that under his belt and get a little bit of experience. That experience is going to go a long way. So he might end up being one of those guys that we start talking about week seven or eight. Like, man, this most valuable dude on the offensive line is Alex Leatherwood. You know, he might very well easily turn into that guy. Of course, he's got to go out there and earn it. He's been working his tail off. When we met with him at the uh, Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center last, last week, he talked about he did a lot of training in Dallas and Las Vegas. He got his body right. He got his diet right. That's important. When a young guy talks about getting his diet right, that lets you know he's serious about his craft. Because most guys, if we all remember, go back to hard knocks, what was Trent Brown doing on the side of, uh, on the side of the field while everyone else was practicing? What was he eating? Fruit by the foot? What was that? Or some, some candy? Some tape? Whatever that candy tape? I mean... Some guys just feel like, hey, I'm an extreme athlete. I can eat whatever I want to eat. Alex Leatherwood said he made sure he got his body right and got his diet right and trained and trained and trained in Dallas and here in Las Vegas. Really didn't do too much more during the offseason but put in the work. I could root for a guy who's willing to put in the work. 416 is the time. Come back, take some of your calls, and take some of your texts. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. I'm just trying to be there for my teammates. I'll make sure that I communicate with them and understand that um, I'm going to be there regardless. But it is tough. Uh, I'm playing on a lot more bigger women <laughs> that I probably had to guard in a while. But, you know, I'm just mentally preparing myself for that every single day. It's my assignment and making sure that my teammates know I'm there. So it doesn't really bother me. I still got to do my job. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, here's your boy, Q. That was the Aces, Asia Wilson. Someone that should be, in my opinion, up for Defensive Player of the Year. Probably should be up for MVP again. 
could very well end up being a champion when it's all said and done. Watched her alma mater hoist a championship in her college. Don Staley and company hoisting another championship as Ari gave me a weird look like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you were lost? No, no, I'm looking. You were lost computer. in the woods. No, I know what's up. You didn't know, know nothing. You don't, you don't know nothing about no Don Staley. That's my era. I do actually, <laughs> just a little bit, but I know. I remember. Were you a Don Staley? Rebecca Lobo, I think. Were you a Don Staley USA team? Were you a WNBA Don Staley team? Because she's been fantastic on every level. I just remember she's one of the first female players that I just remember of that sport. Yeah, just being like a big. Oh, no, her, Cheryl Swoops, Tina Thompson, yeah. Lisa, Lisa Leslie. Leslie yeah, I mean, man, they're, they're, the list goes on and on of just the fantastic players that were in that era. You're absolutely right about that. And now she's doing her thing in South Carolina, and she's, man, she's she's got a program, right? I mean, I look, I come from Central Texas, and I covered Baylor, the Lady Bears, and Kim Mulkey is a hell of a head coach. She's now at LSU, and she's hoisting many trophies. So I can see and I can respect the, the women's game, and I respect greatness, Kim Mulkey's greatness. Don Staley, make no mistake about it, is greatness. She won as a player. She won as a, on Team USA. She won in the WNBA. I mean, that's just what it is. Kim Mulkey has won on every level, you know, and they've won as coaches as well. So uh, that's when you know that they are greatness. Well, we'll be talking to Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. We'll be talking to her in a matter of minutes. It was pretty cool. We just had someone banging on our window out here, and Ari just jumped out of his skin. Are you all right, dude? I'm good now. Yes. <laughs> He just had someone jump out of his skin. Who was that? Was that Adam Hill? I don't know. Whoever it is is going to get a stern talking to later. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, Ari just, oh, no, I think I it was Jared. I like loud noises. Oh, of course it was Jared. I think Who it was Jared. Loud noises. Yeah, he just walked by again and just banged on the window. That was great. And Ari literally jumped out of his skin. Yep. That was, I mean, I could see. I could see someone walking by, so it, it was no big deal. I just saw someone walking pretty quickly, and all of a sudden, you know, you hear this knocking. Look, Ari just about yeah. jumped out of his skin. You know, the other day, flashbacks. you weren't, uh, obviously you weren't here with us in the studio, but I don't know what day it was during the summer. Uh, no, not the summer. It was during the year, matter of fact, because it's the summer now. Anyway, um, I don't know what point I was making, but I started banging on this wall right here. I started hitting my hand on the wall. Just, I mean, just because, I, I don't, again, I don't know what it was. Just being animated. Didn't realize that that bookshelf is on the other side of here. So all of a sudden, stuff started falling off the bookshelf, and I don't know if it was Kira that was at the front desk or if it was Lucy who's at the desk right now. I think it was Kira. I think Kira was still here. She just came by the station the other day. She's in Pennsylvania now doing a morning show for the country station. I'll take credit for that. I uh, coached her up and then, you know, moved on. Coached her up and moved her out. That's how this business works. (laughs) It's exactly how this business works. Coach them up and move them out. That's what we do. But uh, she was like, what the hell is going on in there? What are you guys doing to knock stuff off the wall? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I went outside and there was, you know, the stuff off the wall because the the walls on the side. I didn't realize it. You blame it on Demon. No, I didn't. They knew it was me. I mean, I'm sitting here yelling. That's what I had done. So, well, I mean, you know, Demon, Demon, first of all, can't reach the wall. Ooh. He need he needs a stepladder to even get Ooh. up on the, against the wall. You know, Demon only stands about two foot tall. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm still I'm still. He's, you're you're he's actually taller than him. Fight. That's all I'm saying. No, he won't. No, he no. won't. Don't 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 let the tight right. clothes fool you. Just because he's walking around there today. There you with, go, folks. We're gonna no, set this up. No, look, look, <laughs> Demond. He's a wrestler. Okay, we've all established that. He walks around with his big muscles, and <laughs> and I give him that. He's in the gym all the time. But my man wears the most medium type shirts just to try to make those muscles poke out just a little bit more. And today, he's got the cowboy hat on, really. So oh, he's yeah. really he's really trying to go with the intimidation. He told me he walked in and goes, this was a big hit at the at the remote the other day at the watch party for the Aces. 
I was like, all right. I told him he was getting his Steve Cofield on because Steve likes to wear those crazy hats. Does he? I was like, he's rubbing off on you. Already. Look, he's only been on Cofield's show one day, <laughs> yep. and he's already he's already rubbing off. So, uh, no, we love we love Damon and uh, definitely love the efforts that uh, Ari's putting in here, holding it down here on Raider Nation Radio with us. And, of course, we'll uh, we'll switch a route back at some point, and we'll send you back to, to Cofield and company and let you, uh, you know, get back to your, your normal ways, and we'll bring Damon back. But uh, for now, we like to do this little cross-training that we we're doing. Just saw this love piece it. of news. From, let's see where this piece of news is from. NFL on Prime Video, as a matter of fact, they just announced that Richard Sherman is a part of the Thursday night Amazon uh, crew. So there you go. Richard Sherman is headed to broadcasting. He's 34. He isn't retiring. This is according to Tom Pelissero from NFL Network. He'll continue training for a possible return to the field, but you'll see him this fall. Either way, Thursday night football on Amazon Prime Video. And man, I'll tell you, they are players. Amazon is trying to players in this game. <laughs> My man Quick just tweeted at me, cue ball, why is DeMond the boss catching strays like this? <laughs> he ain't catching strays. He already know. He already know. <laughs> we like to give him a bad time. We definitely like to give him a bad time because that's that's what we do. And uh, he, he knows at all times that it's nothing but love. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what this uh, Thursday night football looks like with Richard Sherman now part of the broadcast. And they are putting a lot of folks on that Amazon broadcast, and they're, they're going to be players. I'm not saying that they're trying to take over and be the main broadcast, but uh, they, they got some real good talent that is going to be on those broadcasts on Thursday Night Football. Speaking of really good talent, how about we bring in our friend that was vacationing last week. That's Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. And I don't know, Paloma, I think you might still be vacationing. Did I, <laughs> did I understand correctly that you are at the, at the pool at the Circa right now? Yo, listen, listen, I got a little busy today, but I'm trying to go to Circle Pool and chill. So I've lived in Vegas for two years now. Obviously, the pandemic was one of the years, but I have never been to the Circle Pool. And I'm saying, Q, we got to do a show out there. We got to do a show out there. You know, we got to set up poolside. You know, we got to do a show out there. Hey, look, I am down. I'm not going to get in the pool because uh, uh, this bro don't swim, but I can definitely get out there and I can definitely broadcast and maybe have a couple cool beverages, uh, you know, poolside uh-huh. and just talk some sports. I'm, I'm down. They got all those TVs. I'm down, Paloma. We could do that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's how we do it in Vegas. That's how we do it in Vegas. So, done. Honestly, <laughs> I've never been out there, so I got to get out. We got to get out there, Q. All right. Done deal. We're going to make that work. We're going to one of our shows next time. <laughs> you're going to hear it's going to be Paloma and Q live from Circa Pool. That's going to be fantastic, man. That's going to be a whole lot of fun. I'm going to get my my shorts on. I'm going to have my little my tank top on, be flexing my muscles. You know what I mean? Throw you some floaties. Yeah. Got you. Yes. Please give me the floaties. I need the floaties. When I when I went to Hawaii, I had the I had the uh, the the noodle. You know the noodle that you float with in the water. Oh, yeah. I use yeah. that. I use that as my flotation device. I was good. Oh, that's chilling. That's that's 100 chilling right there. Exactly. Exactly. So see, we're on the same page. We're gonna make that happen. Put that. Uh-huh. Ari, Ari, go ahead and put that on our to do list. Thank you for writing that down. Again, we're talking with yes. Paloma Villacana here from Fox Five Sports here on Radio Nation Radio Nine Twenty unnecessary roughness how about those aces 11 and 2 in first place man when they lose a game they come back strong right and what they did against the sparks led by asia wilson was fantastic just what are your thoughts on this team and the way they keep on just steamrolling everyone yeah i mean that's exactly how i would put it they are steamrolling everyone going through the whole league you know people on the sidewalk people in restaurants people at bars will come up to me 
and they'll be like, hey, man, the Aces are going to win it all this year. And I look at them, and I'm like, damn straight, the Aces are going to win it all this year. Just the performance we see night in, night out from Asia Wilson, Kelsey Plum, uh, you know, Ch- uh, Chelsea Gray, mm-hmm. you know, that, that whole squad, you know, those are, those are gold medal Olympians right there that we're seeing night in and night out. And they got Dallas tomorrow at 10 a.m. First up, who plays a basketball game at 10 a.m. on a Wednesday? <laughs> uh, apparently the Aces do. So so the Aces got, got the wings tomorrow on the road at 10 a.m. So, um, you know, uh, man, 12-2, and two, I, I could see it tomorrow. They play back at the crib on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the Aces, they're the hottest ticket in town right now. I say that all the time on air just because not only are they a good team to watch, but the environment at the games, uh, the music, the crowd, who's sitting courtside, especially on Sundays. Y'all got to pull up on Sundays. That's when the whole Raider squad is out there uh, sitting courtside. You can get pictures and autographs um, because that's where it's at. That's where it's at this summer at the Aces game. Yeah, no, it, it really is. and It's a lot of fun to see the environment and just see the energy level that's there at the Michelob Ultra Arena and just see all the players and, and stars that come out to check out the Aces. And I, I've said it for a while that I think it continues to help grow the game in a major way, get a lot of eyeballs on the game. But uh, with what the, the, the Aces are doing on the court, that's putting the eyeballs on it as well. Why has Becky Hammond been so good for this team? Why, what has she been able to untap in this team that, that Bill Lambeer, with all due respect, just wasn't able to quite do? First off, I think the focus we're seeing is different. You know, the intensity that Becky has, her whole coaching staff has, the experience, eight seasons in the NBA coaching with Pop, you know, she, she brings that NBA experience and just the focus and the grind that she brings to, to, to the court. You can see it each game. She's animated. She's locked in. Uh, she never sits down. She's, you know, always, you know, up in the rest faces. She's passionate. You can tell that she cares a lot about her team. Um, even just the videos they post on social media, you can tell that she really does care about this team. And I think we're seeing, you know, Becky Hammond could be a head coach anywhere in the NBA, in the WNBA, for any team. She's she's proving it right now um, on her historic run with the Aces. Uh, you know, their 9-2 start was a franchise best. So she's, she's just bringing that different focus, that different mentality. And a lot of the players tell me they just respect that she's a mom, she's a leader, she's, you know, putting them in a whole other level, bringing the intensity out each game. And she just expects them to to be, you know, grind and ballers and be out there for, you know, a whole 40 minutes. She expects them to to come out and play. And that's that's just what we've seen from the Aces, just a different focus, a different mentality this year um, on both ends of the floor, man. They are turning it up. Yeah, they are. They are, again, as I mentioned, they are so much fun to watch. And uh, just I, I feel like sky's the limit for what they could do just because the the momentum that they've built up and the way that they're playing in each and every game, even if they lose the game, I feel like, oh, no worries. They're going to bounce back and win the next three, four, five, six games in a row. It's not going to be a big deal at all. Uh, how about Dierica Hamby? You know, we mentioned multiple players, but She's been playing so well, and, and and Paloma, it feels like to me they don't even need to draw things up for her, draw plays up. It's just like she's just available. She's making plays all the time. She's just like Johnny on the spot. She's just playing some really good ball, in my opinion. Yeah, Hemi's having her best season. I think all the all the aces are having their best season with, with Becky Hammond. Um, you know, Asia, Kelsey, Chelsea, Dierica, 
And we've seen Vierica just, she just comes through, man. She's there. She's been coming up with some big plays all season long. And, you know, that's just, that's not the Vierica we've seen in the past. So for her to come out and, and show that she can execute on both ends of the floor and she's, she's, she's in it. She's starting. She's, she's in it with them. And that's, that's exciting to see because, man, she's another weapon they have. You know, this, this team is stacked. You know, 11-2, and two, they, they show why they're beating everyone in, in the league. And it's just exciting to see players like Erica, players like Jackie Young, uh, you know, Chelsea Gray really, really shine this season. And I think that just proves to you how good of a coaching staff Becky has with, with her squad is that these players are performing to their best level this season. Yeah, absolutely. Again, we're talking with Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. You mentioned Jackie Young. Where is she? I know she's dealing with a sprained ankle. Uh, is she set to come back anytime soon? Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen her in the past like two games with her, with her ankle sprain. Um, I haven't seen what her her uh, status is for tomorrow's game, but okay. I'm hoping she's she hasn't she hasn't worn a brace or a boot or anything. You know, she's been out there just in sneakers. So uh, good to see that. That's a good sign. And um, I know she's been day to day with the Aces. So the quicker she can come back, you know, the better. But man, if 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 they, I, I feel like they're being cautious with her, giving her time to heal because they're going to need her. They're right. going to need her this season. So, um, you know, a few games for her rest uh, is good for her. But but man, that that game was scrappy. She went down. Chelsea Chelsea's face got stitched up. So it was crazy. But I mean, hey, if you can't beat the Aces, I guess you got to. Beat them. Elbow them and claw their face and push them down and sprain their ankles and all this. So I mean, you can see you can see the Aces have a big target on their back this season, and uh, clearly so. I mean, each team's coming out and scrapping. Right. No, and and they and they got to do that. I mean, they're the best team in the in the league, and it's not even close. And so everyone's going to give them their best game, and sometimes they're going to give them a little bit more than that. And that was the case of the Connecticut Sun when they were really really physical uh, with right. the Aces, and you saw that how it shook out. Now, final question: When it comes to the aces as far as their bench is their bench deep enough uh you know to really be you know what they need probably in that playoff push yeah that's been a topic this season their bench you know coming coming at the end of the game coming in down the stretch in the fourth quarter and and not not executing the the plays that becky wants so that that's definitely been a topic this season is 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 their bench deep enough you know they got some some young ballers, some rookies, Kirsten Bell. Um, you know, it's 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 almost like I hope each game that their bench gets better and better and gets more experience. And you know, sometimes in these blowout wins, Becky will Becky will pull the starters out with two minutes to play. So um, with more experience, you know, we're kind of in the middle of the season in the thick of it. So. Right. I'm hoping that that those players can continue to get better every day right. uh, and come through come through in the playoffs for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's what they're going to need. I mean, they're going to need some of those bench players to rise up in the, especially in the playoffs, because you know we saw how it all shook out last year. I mean, you need everyone on that bench to be yeah. all in sync with what you need to get done to accomplish the ultimate goal, which is obviously hoisting up a championship. Before I let you go, Paloma, I wanted to ask you about sports here in Vegas in general, because I, and I was saying at the beginning of the show, I feel like this summer, and maybe it's just my gut feeling, I feel like this summer it's going to be bananas here, from Summer League to all the tournaments, the AAU, LeBron's talking about he wants an NBA team here in Vegas. I mean, it just, it just seems like everything is about to flood to Vegas this summer. What are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, man. I mean, I just covered a, a, a league, a seven-on-seven league with overtime or Cam Newton was here over the weekend. Um, you know, you got summer league around the corner. The Aces are playing. Mm-hmm. The Raiders, you know, season will start up. The Golden Knights season will start up. Uh, it's nonstop. It's nonstop here in Vegas, and it's, it's so much fun. Uh, just because every single day I feel like you're like, oh, who's in town? Oh, Vaughn Miller's, you know, right. put it on a camp for his friends. And, you know, you know, Josh Jacobs is always doing something. The guys are always doing something. So um, it's been really fun. And the fact that, you know, the Aces are playing so well, Becky Hammond, there's so mm-hmm. many stories with the Aces. Um, and then you got ULV and the Running Rebels and that whole new squad. And then you got... You got Lindy LaRock building her her Lady Rebels team, too. So as far as, I mean, man, football and hockey is huge, but we know this is a hoops town, too. So as far as, you know, hoops getting bigger and the opportunities, I was saying just with overtime in town holding a seven-on-seven league with Cam Newton, they brought the best high school football players from all over the country here to Vegas and our local kids, our local eighth graders, freshmen, sophomores, you know, our local kids got the chance to play against the best high schoolers in the nation. So, you know, I was just saying, man, the opportunities for our local kids, our local athletes, you know, the camps that will come, the opportunities that will come, you know, everything that was put on with the NFL draft, you know, it's it's just awesome to see Las Vegas, you know, flourish so quickly, so quickly in the past couple of years. So it's exciting. No, it is. It has. And I haven't even been here officially a year yet. But, man, I've seen it grow just in the small time that I've been here. And it's it's only getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I cannot wait to, to be, man, 100% honest. I'm, I'm so pumped up and excited about it. Well, Paloma, what you got working on that I need to be on the lookout for? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with the Aces in the thick of it with the Aces. You nice. know, on on tomorrow morning they play the Wings at 10 a.m. They're back at the crib on Sunday. Uh, they'll play at three o'clock on Sunday against the Lynx. Um, I'm working on some fun stuff with the Aces this summer, so look out for that. Um, and you know me, I'm always in the community trying yes. to find local stories and showcasing our local talent. I've really been into like sports and fashion and you know what the players are wearing and you know who's behind the scenes with the aces as i'm always trying to show you more of the personalities of the raiders and the aces and unlv and all these these players so um i love it i love it every day i i I love what i get to do so it's exciting for all these stories to be here in las vegas and you know me have the opportunity to to share it to you guys but Q, we got to get your story, man. We got to get your story out there, you Texas, the Texas boy right here. <laughs> <laughs> West Coast to Texas, back to the West Coast. I'm okay with yep. that. We'll make it work. Yep. We, we'll make it work for sure. Uh, we'll, we'll collaborate <laughs> on that. But keep doing what you do. You're doing a fantastic job, and we appreciate you this afternoon. Thanks, Q. I'll see you at the pool, okay? <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. We're making it happen. There you go. There she goes, Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports. You can find her on Twitter at Paloma Villacana here on Raider Nation Radio as well. 4.41 is the time. When we come back, Raider Nation, I need you to stick around. I have no idea what the hell was just going on here. Let me tell you, that sounded, and I got to give myself a lot of credit, that sounded about as normal as possible with that interview. But let me tell you, Raider Nation, I have no idea what the hell was going on in this studio or in this building while I was trying to do this interview live on the air. We had people walking in the studio. We had people hanging outside the studio. We'll get to the bottom of it. We'll break it down next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. 
Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. I thought I was going to have to kick someone's you know what a little while ago. Raider Nation, I've seen and witnessed some weird things in my radio career. Started in 1999. It is now 2022. The one thing I've never seen is a rando dude walk into a building that has a key code or a key fob that you got to use to get in, walk in, walk into every on-air studio while everybody is on air with the light that says on air and act like it's no big deal. And apparently we just had that with some rando dude who used to work here, I guess, multiple times. Hmm. All right, you've been here. I'm not. All I know is I went out in the hallway, and I was just raising holy hell during the commercial break. Of First of all, who the hell was that, and how the hell did they get in the building? And uh, I still want to know how the hell they got in the building. Let's start with the on-air light, because people <laughs> who have done radio before, that is Radio 101. You don't walk into a studio. Uh, that was a former co-worker here who, I guess, felt that he was welcome enough to just barge right in in the middle of the show. Who does that? Uh, that guy, apparently. Well, and then the other question that I have is how does he get in the building? Yeah, I don't, uh, I mean, like I said, he might have seen a familiar face. He, uh, I don't know. Might have so char- this is what happened. In, I guess. So I don't, have, I don't have any idea how this happened, Raider Nation. We're still trying to get to the bottom of this. But this is what happens. We get Paloma on the phone. And about, what, 30 seconds into Paloma being on the phone? And it's funny because when. Should we bring Jamie in right now live? No, I'm sorry. No. I'm just kidding. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> Jamie's probably worked up too, like I am, and there goes. We don't want to get. We don't want to get too worked up, guys. To be fired up. Okay, so this is my thing. When we went and said that someone banged on the window and scared the brakes off you, that was him. That was <laughs> oh, who that was. I thought it was Jared. That makes sense. So he he was the one who knocked Jared. on the window and walked right to the door like it was no thing. And I thought it was Jared because for some reason I just saw a white shirt and so I thought it was Jared. Similar he's been, height. So, yeah, exactly. Similar height. But anyway, obviously it wasn't when I saw him in the studio. I was like, wait, hold on. And I couldn't say, hey, dude, who are you? Why are you in the studio? Because I was on the air talking to Paloma. Does the question need to be asked, really? Like, what are you doing in the studio? Get the hell out. Well, what are you doing in the building is the best question. But I would have got to that at some point. I figured that he was someone that was welcome in the building. Maybe a board op that I hadn't met yet. Clearly not. That wasn't the case. But this is the, this is the funny part. And it's kind of funny now. Because the interview's over. Is it? But I'm literally trying to do this interview, and I can see Ari stressed. Like, I'm looking at Ari's face, and he is so stressed out with this dude. And this dude's trying to talk to him while the mics are on. He walks through the door, closes the door without, you know, and even if you do come in the door while people are on the air and the mics are on, you really close it very lightly so it doesn't make noise. And instead, this is what you heard. Do it. (laughs) And I'm like, what the hell is this? What is going on? So this rando dude, and he's stressing the mess out of Ari. Ari, man, he's had a rough two days. He's hanging up on people on the phone line, and then he has some rando come in the studio out of nowhere. And I'm trying to be cool because I got Paloma on, and we're trying to have a good interview. And this cat's sitting. He literally sat in the chair in the studio like like he belonged here. Welcome to Lotus Broadcasting. And all I heard was Ari, and this is when I knew that it was something wrong. I didn't know. You know when they say in the story, and then I knew there was something wrong. When I knew there was something wrong is when Ari says, this is my PD. Like he words, this is my PD. Like basically, hey, dummy, this is my boss. You're about to get me in trouble. When that came out of Ari's mouth, that's when I knew 
that there was a problem. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I need that sound effect. With the, 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 the and that's when horror I knew there sound was a problem. <laughs> oh, man. That's my Dave Chappelle. And then I knew Great. it was about to go down. That was uh, interesting, yes. So then we go into commercial break, and I'm still kind of confused on what has happened. And everyone in the building is on alert. From Steve Cofield. Who's, who's co-hosting with Cofield today? Uh, John Von Tobel. Oh, oh, that's JVT? Oh, that's I've, never JVT. Met, I've never met him in person. Okay, that's JVT. JVT's in there with him. Jared's texting me frantically, asking him if we're all good. DeMond's, DeMond's over there running the boards. Uh, we have the young lady working in the other studio. Which one is that? Point? Lauren. Is that Point or was that? That's Point, right, yeah. So she's on Point. So she doesn't know what's going on. Demo, who's our production guy, who's fantastic. He's doing work. He's trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Apparently, Demo is the hero. He's the guy who escorted him out. So <laughs> shout out to Demo Dave. He's just trying to do production. <laughs> He's just trying to do his fine production work, and he's got to be security. Yeah. And then Jamie, Jamie, our engineer, is holding it down. He's he's walking around like, what the hell's going on? So everyone's on high alert right now. Natalie's out there. See, I wouldn't mess with Natalie. Oh, I I wouldn't either. I know know Natalie. (laughs) Natalie's cut from a different cloth, oh boy. Don't let the smooth taste fool you. (laughs) Natalie's cut from a different cloth. an audience right now. Natalie will catch you, boy. She catch you slipping. It's a wrap. It's true. I already know. She uses her words. She doesn't need anything else. No, no. Natalie will give you the eye. There's there. a time when Natalie will give you the eye and her eyebrow will raise a little bit, and that's when you know. My son used to say it. That's when I know he's mad. He makes the cue face. I, I got to say this, though. Yes, you you definitely did hold your I, I was. We all get flustered. I'm, you know, we all try to keep it. I thought that if we didn't even say anything for the record, I don't think any of the audience would have a clue what just happened. So that was good. Good on you. I think. I think so, too. But it was so yeah. odd Visuals are and bizarre. <laughs> and I don't mind taking people behind the scenes sometimes because real life happens. That was real. Yeah. Very real. Very real. <laughs> but Ari held it together. You're yeah. not. You're, I mean, you might have lost about eight ounces of, of sweat. I need that, though. <laughs> you got you're a Gatorade. Losing. Is that your Gatorade or is that his? That's him. That's his Gatorade? Go take it to, uh, to the authorities and get the DNA swab and Jeez. have him on a case. Just kidding. And then he wrote on our, our chalkboard, Stevie Karma is a B. Hmm. And then Facebook Messenger. Or what FB did I Messenger. do to deserve this? Because I'm the idiot that's got some, quote, guest showing up. <laughs> like, oh, so now it's on is... you, huh? <laughs> I mean, it felt that luckily you're reasonable. You let me explain. But I, I feel like if you didn't know or, or either of us were kind of new, you'd be like, what kind of crap? What kind of S show are Well, we I'll tell you right now. At first, this when he came Ari. and sat down and sat in and, and was chilling, I was like, is this Ari's homeboy? Is this Ari's roommate? Is this Ari's... That was after on? I told him, you got to go. You got to go. We're live on the air. Right, right. Yeah. I, and literally, Ari's trying to give him all these signals about what he can and cannot do while he's still trying to remain calm because I'm on the air and knowing if he messes up what's going on on the air is going to be a problem. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot going there on. There was a lot going on in this day. <laughs> this is what happens when you have a fantastic three-hour show. We go hard in the paint for three hours, so there you go. That was the story of what was going on. I will say now, going back to our convo from about 20 minutes ago, you sure you don't want DeMond in here now? No, no. I mean, hey, look, uh, he might not. When I, I'll if tell DeMond you right said, now, get out, get out, he might have gone. If I hadn't been on the air, he would have got out. That's <laughs> okay, it, I'll yeah. tell you right now. I'm if I had saying. been on the air talking and then I realized the situation, Demo wouldn't have had to throw him out the building. He'd have got thrown out. He'd have looked like uh, uh, who was. He would have looked like Jazz on the Fresh yep. Prince of Bel Air. You know when Uncle Phil throws Jazz out. I was about to Uncle Phil him. All right, I was gonna Uncle Phil him. It was gonna be a problem. Love it. 
Before we get out of here for the show today, wrap up the show, make sure you tune into the morning tailgate. Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang will hold it down 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Little Caesars is now the official pizza of NFL. And I tweeted that out earlier today that they are the official pizza, and I didn't realize how many people had an issue with Little Caesars. I always saluted Little Caesars because as a young dude, as a new booty coming up, man, that used to be my Friday night. Go to Little Caesars, get to the house, buy a bottle of Ciroc, drink, drink Ciroc, eat some Little Caesars, and play Madden. Like, that was my Friday night. That was after I delivered FedEx. That was when I was doing FedEx. Hmm. That was my every, me and my homeboy Jasper and Little Q. We used to be at the house. That was our tradition. Little Q wasn't drinking Ciroc, obviously. <laughs> but <laughs> he was playing Madden. But that was what we did. A Little Caesars pizza or two or three. Got some Ciroc. Got some Madden. Boom. We were good to go. I didn't, re- I didn't realize how many people didn't realize, uh, you know, when they were like, oh, Little Caesars is now the pizza of, of the NFL. They're like, why? What's, the, what's going on with that? It's like, it's just a sponsor. Anyone can sponsor anything. Look, the one thing I can tell you in life, you know how you can become a sponsor of anything? Show up with the dinero. Money talks and the rest walks. Simple. Is it still going to be five? Is it even still five? I don't have, I don't know. We started off the show talking about food that I don't buy anymore. (laughs) I honestly, no disrespect to Little Caesars, I just haven't desired it. Same. I'm a Grimaldi's guy now. Grimaldi's got me sold. I love me some Grimaldi's once a week at least. I'll just say super quick, Caesars bailed us out of a lot of hard times back in the day. Yeah. I appreciate that. Hey, man. You know? Salute to Little Caesars when uh, we were all super, super broke and we couldn't afford too much. We did get that $5 pizza, so we appreciate it. 4.56 at the time. Aviators Baseball is on your radio at 5.20. This is Radio Nation Radio 